1: It is Tuesday, March 1st, and this is People Every Day. You guys, we made it. It is March, happy start to Women's History Month and being closer to the onset of spring. It's me, your host, Janine Rubenstein, and I am ready for longer, warmer days. I've got a few vacation days coming up and I cannot wait, but before I get ahead of myself, let's get you up to speed on what's been buzzing around my newsfeed today. In a story we've been following closely, 42-year-old Dancing with the Stars pro Max Schmerkowski has indeed made his way out of Ukraine. Yesterday, the dancer told social media followers that he was boarding a train to Poland. And earlier today, he shared an Instagram story that simply read, I'm in Poland. This update comes after Monday's social media posts where Shmorkovsky detailed the scene of thousands of Ukrainians fleeing their country amidst the Russian invasion. Yesterday, he relayed to his followers news of his travels, saying, It's traumatizing. And continued, There's usually up to 30 people in this particular wagon. We were told we have to fit 135. Walkways are packed, people everywhere, it's sweaty and claustrophobic. So, Shmorkovsky has dual citizenship and a U.S. passport, so he is one of the lucky ones able to flee Ukraine. Last Thursday, the Ukraine State Border Guard Service announced that men ages 18 to 60 were prohibited from leaving the country. Many have taken up arms and joined the military to combat Russian troops. Our thoughts continue to be with the people of Ukraine during this time. And with no easy segue from that, we move on to a bit of positive news coming out of the entertainment world. In an exclusive reveal, two people, Colton Underwood, announced he's engaged. The 30-year-old Bachelor alum and former NFL player is set to marry political strategist Jordan C. Brown. Underwood told people, I'm extremely happy. 2021 was the most transformative year of my life. And he added, he's starting 2022 off with my best friend, teammate. Underwood and Brown have been dating since the summer of 2021, and the former reality star publicly revealed he was gay earlier last year.
2: I've ran from myself for a long time. I've hated myself for a long time, and I'm gay, and I came to terms with that earlier this year and have been processing it. I mean, I'm emotional, but I'm emotional in like such a good, happy, positive yeah. way.
1: Now, we should note that before that, Colton made headlines in September of 2020 for allegedly stalking and harassing ex-girlfriend Cassie Randolph. The winner of Underwood's bachelor season filed a temporary restraining order against him after they broke up. The former couple came to an agreement and the restraining order was dropped in November of 2020. Underwood later documented his embrace of his sexuality in Netflix's Coming Out Colton. And this past December, he told People, I was struggling with my sexuality, but I had such a level of fear over being gay. And he added, Now that I've been out to myself for a year, it's the healthiest and happiest I've ever felt, and there is nothing I would ever want to be but gay. Well, congrats to his new beginning. And now speaking of other interesting stories coming out of Netflix, it's time we get into the documentary that everyone in my circle keeps talking about, especially my single friends, the Tinder Swindler. (laughs) Dating apps have always been a game of getting to know you. Are these photos real? Am I speaking to a real person? How do I know if I can trust this person I'm sharing some of my most personal details with? Well. These questions had the most horrifying answers for the women who were the victims of Simon Leviev, better known to most of the world as the Tinder Swindler, thanks to a Netflix documentary released in February. Simon, also known as Shimon Hyatt, traveled the world meeting women on the popular Tinder dating app and then conning them out of... Millions of dollars. Simon lured them in with a fairy tale romance and then flipped the switch to share with them the danger he was in with his family. Only it was not his family at all. He posed as the wealthy heir of Leave Leviev, who is known in Israel as the king of diamonds. He would share with the women that he was in trouble and ask them to help him, saying he needed 20, 50, a hundred thousand dollars to get to safety. Well, The actual Leviathan family is not taking the defamation of their name or the use of their family's legacy lightly and has recently filed a lawsuit against Simon. So here to break down this very popular but complicated story is People Crime Team's Kyler Alvord. Hi, Kyler. Hey, A lot of people are like, I would never. But apparently this guy was just that good. So to start, we need to understand who Simon or Shimon is. He recently brazenly went on Inside Edition to try and defend his name. And this is what he had to say.
2: I'm not a fraud and I'm not a fake. People don't know me, so they cannot judge me. I want to clear my name. I want to say to the world, this is not true.
1: So can we start just by you telling me a little bit about his background, where he came from and how this all started?
2: Simon is somebody who is known by many names. He's gone by Mordecai Tapiro, Michael Bilton, Avraham Levy, David Sharon. um, But whatever you call him, his birth name is Shimon Hyatt. And he is an Israeli fugitive who fled his home in 2011 because he was being charged with fraud related offenses. He was stealing checkbooks from the people he babysat for and the people that he was doing handyman work for. And so he ran off to Finland to, uh, you know, evade the charges. And he was sentenced to two years in a Finnish prison in 2015. And that is kind of when it starts being for defrauding three women. So he got out early from that 2015 charge, went back to Israel, was going to be charged again. And then he changed his name again, took on a new alias, went back to Europe. And this is, you know, where the Tinder Swindler documentary kind of picks up. And what he would do is he would open credit cards in these women's names he would have them send him money he'd say i'm in danger i need this help saying that he's part of this diamond dynasty empire they would send him the money and then he would use that money they'd send him to go swoon other women
1: The thing that got me was the private jet, the woman who was like, this was a fairy tale, a dream come true. Like, he flew me out for a night from London to Bulgaria. Bulgaria, Like, just that doesn't seem like someone who doesn't have. Right.
2: It's so interesting, too, because she says in the documentary, she's talking about, like, telling her friends, you know, I just met this cool guy. He seems so successful. He wants to take me on a date. Um, and they're saying, like, oh, you're flying with a stranger. Careful. And it's something about that charm that I think he had carefully curated through those years of frauding people. I think in the documentary, she says YOLO to her friends.
1: Let's talk about where things are now. We have him out and about uh, charging $20,000 for club appearances. He's run into some celebrities recently, um, almost becoming a celebrity himself. And finally, you know, the real Leviat family they're, they've had enough, and they filed a lawsuit against him.
2: Just yesterday, news broke, and basically, the Leviat family is saying, "Like, you just did all of this in our name. It not only tarnishes our name, but we want nothing to do with this. We don't fraud people. We run honest business." And Simon Leviat would go so far as to say, "Like, look at the website. Look at my family's website. This is what I'm doing, um, and really show them, like, this is a real business. This isn't." some kind of con to get them to trust him. But his name wasn't on that website. They weren't getting, you know, a real member of the family. And it's interesting to see the Levi family, who, you know, probably has all the money in the world, still saying, like, we don't want to stand for this because it really has tarnished their name. And a lot of people, myself included, didn't even know that this diamond empire existed before this documentary. So my first introduction to Levi was, oh, a con family.
1: Take us into, for those who might not have seen it, um, where the women left off and how they were doing the victims in all of this.
2: Yeah, you know, it's honestly heartbreaking because as you're watching it, a part of you is thinking, how could you fall for this? And that's because you're looking at it very objectively. But when you're in that moment and you have somebody who is charming, you would send these videos, these voice memos saying, I love you. I'm so sorry that you have to send me this money and that I'm caught up in this. You know, dangerous business, but it's all going to work out and we're together. And so they're not only dealing with heartbreak, he's said to have stolen approximately $10 million from women overall, but the three women in this documentary combined make up about $500,000. Um, and they say that they're still in debt for this, they're still trying to pay this off. And it's kind of wild. The women actually started uh, GoFundMe after the documentary came out on Netflix, The Three Involved, and so far it's raised £171,000. They are financially at a loss, and it's a way that people watching also can feel like they can help people who are pulled into Simon Levi's schemes.
1: Kyler, thank you so much for breaking it all down for us.
2: Yeah, no, thank you so much.
1: Coming up. Queen Elizabeth made her first appearance since being diagnosed with COVID-19. We dig into what this means for the royal family and their stance on the crisis in Ukraine. But first, Russia's war in the Ukraine is having ripple effects in nearly every corner of the world, including Hollywood. After the break, we look at the latest news coming out of the conflict and how some of the biggest entities in entertainment are reacting. We are back, and we've got to touch on the current state of things in Ukraine. Russia has shifted to an aggressive bombing campaign that's increased the number of injuries and casualties among Ukrainian civilians. Civilians like the six-year-old girl who passed away after Russian forces shelled the port city of Mariupol on Sunday. Still in her pajamas, the little girl, whose name was not immediately known, was rushed to a nearby hospital after the bombing, where a doctor from the frantic medical team who could not save her told an AP photojournalist, "Show this to Putin, the eyes of this child, and crying doctors. Stories like this, along with the African students who say they are now facing racism, the border while trying to flee Ukraine are continuing to trickle out of this unfathomable moment in history. While the rest of the world grapples with how to handle this politically and militarily, the entertainment industry is taking its own kind of stand. Mega studio Disney announced it is halting the release of films in Russia, starting with Pixar's Turning Red. Warner Brothers followed up with the announcement that its upcoming blockbuster, The Batman, starring Robert Pattinson and Zoe Kravitz, will also be pulled from Russia. Paramount has pulled the upcoming Russian release of its films, and legendary rock band Green Day has canceled a concert in Moscow. Sports-wise, soccer's global governing body, FIFA, and European soccer's governing body, UEFA, have suspended all Russian international teams from competition. competition until further notice. And then on the personal level, A-list power couple Blake Lively and Ryan Reynolds are stepping up to assist refugees forced to flee their homes in Ukraine. The two are matching up to $1 million in donations to USA for UNHCR, the U.S.-based organization provides supplies and resources to refugees who are displaced from their home country. So guys, if you'd like to provide support to the growing number of Ukrainian refugees and have your donation matched by Lively and Reynolds, Visit unrefugees.org or follow the link in our show notes. Now we've got an update. And a big sigh of relief coming out of London. Today, we got the news that Queen Elizabeth is on the mend from her battle with COVID-19, and she was seen for the first time in virtual meetings at Windsor Castle. We are so thrilled to hear this, and we also know that she's been spending time with her grandson, Prince William, his wife, Kate Middleton, and their three kids, Prince George, Princess Charlotte, and Prince Louis. We also got an update on Prince Charles, so joining me now to tell us everything we need to know is People's senior news editor, Aaron Hill. Hey, Aaron. Hi, Janine. So, in deference order, let's talk about the Queen. <laughs> I know I speak for many when I say I'm so glad to hear she's feeling better, and we know she's been at Windsor Castle recovering since she was first diagnosed with COVID on February 20th. But tell me more about what she's been up to and how she's feeling now.
0: Yes, it has been a very long nine days waiting for for news and for sight of the Queen um, that she was okay after being diagnosed with COVID 19 on the 20th over the weekend. She, she met with some family. With um, some of her grandkids and great grandkids at Frogmore House, which is a nearby drive from her home at Windsor Castle. So she met with Prince William, Kate, and their kids. She hasn't really seen family for the past week and a half as she's been recovering. And in a nice little surprise, Beatrice was there with her five month old daughter, Sienna, um, who we've yet to see a photo of, but it must have been a great comfort for the Queen to see her great granddaughter, uh, who's the newest addition to the royal family. And and Frogmore House is a, is a favorite spot for the Queen. She regu- regularly takes her little corgis and dorgies out for her, a walk in the park. Um, and it's also near Frogmore Cottage, which is where Harry and Meghan have their UK home.
1: Well, tell me about these virtual meetings she had today. She's really ready to get back into the swing of things, just like not missing a beat.
0: We had heard that the Queen had been carrying out some light duties um, during the past week and a half while she's been recovering. And the palace would say she has symptoms, mild symptoms, kind of like a Cold, but she did cancel a couple of her virtual engagements last week, which worried a lot of people. We also heard that that had more to do with her sounding a little hoarse and croaky, and her maybe not wanting people to hear her in that kind of condition. It just seemed like more she was recovering and wanted to be at her full full potential on those virtual calls. So she had those meetings today, welcoming two incoming foreign ambassadors, and it was great to see her looking looking well, looking very spry and hopefully feeling much better.
1: So good to hear. Well, switching gears to something a bit more serious. We've been watching the horror and heartbreak unfold in Ukraine for almost a week now. And today, the Queen's son, Prince Charles, who is also feeling better after he tested positive for COVID, condemned Russia's attack on Ukraine today during a visit in South End-on-Sea, England for its City Day. He also spoke about Sir David Amis, a member of parliament who was fatally stabbed in an act of terrorism. So let's take a listen to what Prince Charles had to say.
0: What we saw in the terrible tragedy in South End was an attack on democracy, on an open society, on freedom itself. We are seeing those same values under attack today in Ukraine in the most unconscionable way. In the stand we take here, we are in solidarity with all those who are resisting brutal aggression. We've heard over the past week some strong statements coming from members of the royal family, starting with Harry and Meghan, actually, on the 24th. They released a statement through their R12 Foundation in solidarity with the people of Ukraine. And then two days later, William and Kate tweeted out similar sentiments. And now we're hearing from Charles and one of the strongest statements and standing in solidarity with all those who are resisting brutal aggression. Typically, they stay out of anything that's um, remotely political and could be why we, why, why we haven't heard from the Queen on this yet. As head of state, she typically remains neutral, but I think hearing from other members of the royal family, it's clear that this message is coming from her, from them. As members of the royal family standing with the people of Ukraine and the president of Ukraine tweeting out this morning, thanking William and Kate and the royal family um, for supporting them. So it's a it's a very monumental moment. And then he
1: talked about this this terrorist attack. He kind of tied that into it. Right. So what was going on there?
0: Uh, yes, this was um, a terrorist attack outside of the city back in October 2021, so not too long ago. And so for him to liken that act of terrorism to what's going on right now is a pretty strong statement.
1: Yeah, very. Wow. Aaron. well, it's always great to have you on. Thank you so much for breaking this all down with me. Thank you. All right. And now before we end today's episode, I've got one question for you. Where are my seafood lovers at? (laughs) You'll love this next one. New Jersey couple Maria and Michael Spressler have gone to their favorite lobster house every President's Day weekend since 1987. 1987. Who doesn't love a good fishy tradition? Well, this year, when Michael was downing his usual appetizer order of clams, he had the surprise of a lifetime.
0: I was down to the
1: 12th one. And when I picked it up with the fork, it looked kind of heavy, but I didn't think nothing of it. And then when I started to eat it, I'm, I noticed something was in my mouth. I actually thought one of my tooth broke. Michael quickly figured out he bit down on a pearl. And this pearl was no joke either. It's nearly nine millimeters across and is worth several thousand dollars. But wife Maria has other plans to commemorate 34 years of going to their favorite seafood haunt.
0: I would like to have it set into a nice piece of jewelry, maybe with a mermaid or something nautical um, as a beautiful remembrance of that day. And. And what we have is so special.
1: Isn't that amazing? You can just tell they're so surprised and so happy about finding something like that at their special place. It's definitely something to make you smile. I don't do clams or oysters or any mollusk, really. But look, maybe it's time to get over that for monetary reasons. You never know. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you back here tomorrow for more of People Every Day.